Hello, welcome back to the War Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary, and today I'm going to be reacting to the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft. The first round was last night, and it was crazy. There were a lot of crazy picks. A lot of interesting things happened that I'm going to react to and break down. Um, it was unpredictable, like we all thought it would be, and it was a lot of fun. So I can't wait to dive in, talk about all the picks. I may not do a deep dive of every single pick, uh, but there are a lot of things I want to talk about, like I've already mentioned. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dive right in, and let's start off with the number one overall pick, where the Carolina Panthers selected Bryce Young quarterback out of Alabama. Now, if I were making this pick, I would have gone with Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, because I'm super high on Anthony Richardson, but this is still an excellent pick. I love Bryce Young. I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's really, really good. He's so good within the pocket. He's accurate, a good decision maker. He's really good under pressure. He's also great out, outside of structure, Re really good at extending plays and making things happen when plays break down. That's a re It's really rare to see a quarterback prospect with both of those qualities, you know, being really good in structure and outside of it and also being really good under pressure. That's a really, really, really rare combination. He's also great at avoiding sacks. Um, he's not a high-level runner. He is small. He's got a small frame, and his arm strength isn't great. It's fine. It's good enough, but it's not elite. So I don't think Bryce Young has this super high ceiling, but I do think his ceiling is like a pro bowler. I think he could be, you know, a Dak Prescott caliber player, that kind of quarterback, and that's worth the number one overall pick. But I just don't think he has a chance or is quite good enough or has the physical tools to be an elite quarterback and to become one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But still, he's really good, and I love the pick. And when Carolina traded up to the number, to the number one overall pick, you knew they were going after a quarterback. At first, it seemed like they were going after C.J. Stroud, but they ended up going with Bryce Young, and I love that. Bryce Young's my QB2 in this draft. I love him. Great pick for the Panthers. I love it. Now, at number two, the Houston Texans, leading up to the draft, it, it was the rumor was they were, go, they were going to pass on quarterback at two, and they were going to take one of the top defenders in the draft, whether that be Will Anderson Jr. or Tyree Wilson. And about, you know, in the last like 24 hours leading up to the draft, it sounded like they were going after Will Anderson Jr. at number two. That's what I had in my mock draft. That's what most people had in their mock drafts, even people who were more plugged in than I am. And I'm not plugged in at all. Um, but a lot of people had Will Anderson Jr. slotted in at number two. But the Houston Texans did not do that. At number two, they took C.J. Stroud, quarterback from Ohio State, and I freaking love that. That is an awesome pick. That's what they should have done. I may have gone with Anthony Richardson, but they needed to go with a quarterback, and they went with one of the best quarterbacks in this draft in C.J. Stroud. That is a phenomenal pick. Awesome job uh, by the Houston Texans. Getting a, quarterback at, uh, getting a quarterback at two, you could not have waited. If you waited for a quarterback at 12 or next year, that would have been a mistake because there's no guarantee that if you don't take a quarterback this year, that you are going to be in position to take one next year um, and to take a guy like Caleb Williams and Drake May, who are the kind of quarterback prospects they would be targeting next year. Uh, but you can't wait. That's just foolish to do, especially when you're in a draft with three really good quarterback prospects. I think Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson are all 
all really, really good quarterback prospects, and I think passing on any of them would have been a massive mistake by the Texans, so them going with Stroud here is awesome. Stroud's a great quarterback prospect. He's great um, at avoiding sacks. He's elite in terms of accuracy and ball placement. He's probably the best pure passer in the draft. Um, like He is just a phenomenal passer. Um, he isn't as good outside of structure. He doesn't use his legs as often as Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson. And I think that, that his ceiling is a bit limited, kind of like Bryce Young, but I think his ceiling is even more limited due to, um, uh, due to the fact that he doesn't, you know, scramble a lot, due to the fact that he doesn't use his legs as often. He doesn't improvise like Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson do, and I think that's pretty important in today's game, so that's one concern I have for CJ Stroud, uh, but I love him. I, I think he's a pretty good decision maker. Like I said, the ball placement, the accuracy, are all off the charts. I think he's really good and worth the number two overall pick. And it's awesome that the Texans did not pass on a quarterback at number two. This was a great pick. All right, at number three, this is where things got really interesting. So the draft started at number two. Um, and at number three, the Arizona Cardinals had the pick. And for a while, um, like recently, over the last week, there were rumors that they were really interested in Ohio State tackle Paris Johnson Jr. Um, but there were also rumors, and, and it's been rumored for a while, that they did not want to make the pick at number three, that they wanted to trade back, get some draft capital, um, and potentially get a tackle later. And that's what, what they ended up doing. They traded from number three to number six. Um, they moved, or sorry, from number three to number 12, they traded back with the Houston Texans and the Houston Texans traded up to number three and took Will Anderson Jr. And I don't have the trade details up right now. Let me actually pull that up. So the Houston Texans, they traded up from 12 to three, traded up nine spots to get Will Anderson Jr., who they obviously view as like one of the better players in the class and the best defender in the draft. Um, and that is a really interesting move. And let me go to Field Yates' Twitter account to get this, um, the trade details. And this was a wild trade by the Houston Texans. I think the Cardinals like won this trade easily. So let's see. Um, in this trade... The Texans gave up. Okay, so the Cardinals traded the third pick um, and the 105th pick in this year's draft to the Texans. Um, and the Texans gave up the 12th pick in this year's draft, the 33rd pick, which is like one of the first picks in the second round, and a 2024 four, uh, first round pick and a 2024 third round pick. That is a freaking haul for the Cardinals. That's an insane trade by the Texans. And the fact that the Texans made this trade is insane. Their GM is an absolute moron. This is an awful trade for them. I get that Will Anderson is really good, and some people view him as a blue chip prospect. I do not. I think he's awesome. Really, really good. One of the best players in the class. But I don't think he's a Miles Garrett, Khalil Mack, you know... Um, Chase Young love a prospect. I don't view him in that way. I don't think he has the athleticism to be that tier of prospect, but he's still really good. But even then, like, 
the Texans are giving up so much for him. They're giving up an early second-round pick this year. They're giving up their own first-rounder in next year's draft, which is, like, right now, they are projected, according to NFLMockDraftDatabase.com, the Texans are projected to have the the second overall pick in next year's draft. Like, what, and you're giving that up? And, and next year's class is really good. You have two great quarterbacks in Caleb Williams, Drake May. You also have a phenomenal wide receiver prospect in Marvin Harrison Jr. You also have um, like some some talented offensive tackles. You got like Joe Alt. Um, you have uh, and then um, the guy from Penn State. I'm not going to tr- try to pronounce his name because I don't know how. Um, but uh, Fashanu from Penn State, the tackle. You have Jared Verse, the edge rusher out of Florida State. Um, like you have so much talent in next year's draft, and next year's draft is better than this year's draft. Like next year's draft has a ton of talent. Um, so the fact that they traded so much is ridiculous. And I did the numbers. So I wrote an article for with the first pick, um, a fan-sided website, and I wrote about um, the three biggest winners of the first round. And one of the teams that I talked about were the Arizona Cardinals. And I looked at the at the uh, the trade value chart, which gives you a point value for each pick, and the what the Texans gave up is worth way more than the number one overall pick. And in terms of surplus value, the Cardinals got um, got the third overall pick. Which, and by that, I mean that the Cardinals got way more than they were expected to get in this trade. And that what they got in return um, was worth the third overall pick in surplus value. In terms of like what they, what they got over-expected. That draft capital over-expected was worth the third overall pick, which is what they had to begin with. So this is just a remarkable trade for the Arizona Cardinals. They hit it. They hit the ball out of the park with this. Um, I like Will Anderson Jr. Um, good player, can defend the run, good pass rusher. Uh, doesn't have elite athleticism, but it's kind of rare to find a guy who is so good at rushing the passer and defending the run. Um, which is why Will Anderson um, is getting the blue chip label by some people. But I don't like this trade at all. The Houston Texans have a really bad roster. They have a ton of needs. And they just were not in a position where they could give up this many picks for one player. It made no sense. And right like with as much as they gave up, for this trade to be worth it, Will Anderson Jr. would have to become a, a an all-pro caliber player. He has to to make this trade worth it. And that is a risky bet for anyone. I don't care how good you think the prospect is. To make that kind of bet is reckless. Um, so, I, I, obviously, I hate this pick. Or, I hate this trade. I like the pick. I like the player. I hate the trade. The trade is awful. And it's malpractice what, what the Texans did at number three. Trading up to number three. It's horrendous. It's so bad. And the Cardinals fleeced them. So shout out to the Cardinals. They traded back. Um, and I guess I can go ahead and talk about their pick now. So they traded back to six. And they got Paris Johnson Jr., who they were likely targeting to begin with. And honestly, um, I forgot to talk about another trade they did. So they traded back to 12, and they traded up to six with the Lions. And in that trade, they uh, the Cardinals traded pick 12, 34, and 168. 
to the Lions for pick six and 81. Um, so good trade, makes sense for each team. Um, by the trade value chart, like uh, it's like a pretty dead even in terms of value. And the, the Cardinals traded up for Paris Johnson Jr., who they were likely targeting uh, anyway at number three. So I love that for them. Uh, they ended up getting like a first um, and a future, like a future first and a future third in next year's draft to move back and take Paris Johnson Jr., which is insane. And Paris Johnson Jr., um, a lot of people seem to be low on him, so a lot of people will think that this is a reach. I disagree. I think Paris Johnson Jr. is probably the best tackle in the draft, um, and I think he's really good. I think, you know, he's super athletic. Um, got, he has great physical tools in terms of size and length. Um, I think he's a really good prospect. But even then, on the consensus big board, he was the, let me look, the um, 13th ranked player on the big board. So it's not that big of a reach. It's not like they took someone like, you know, um, who was like, a, like maybe Darnell Wright at six. It's not, and that's that wouldn't even be horrendous. Um, it's not like they took Anton Harrison at six. Like that would have been a major reach. But instead, they take probably the best tackle in the class, at least in my opinion. Um, and a guy they were targeting anyway, but they were able to move back and then move back up for him um, and get a first-round pick in next year's draft, which is going to be a great pick, uh, more than likely, and then get a third-rounder next year. So their GM killed it. That What they did in this draft was awesome. I think they won the, the first round. The moves they made were just incredible. They, they protect Kyler Murray with a great tackle, they trade back to get him because they know that he wasn't great value at number three. Um, and they're able to get draft capital in next year's draft, which is a better draft than this year's. Um, so I, I love what they did. It was awesome. Uh, let's see. Any other interesting picks up here? The Raiders got Tyree Wilson. He falls to them. A lot of, uh, there were, a lot of people love Tyree Wilson. I know guys at PFF don't love him. I think he's fine. Um, my model loves Tyree Wilson as a prospect. Um, he had a really good production. Um, and I have like estimated numbers in for his athleticism and he's a, an above average athlete by those numbers, but not a great one. Um, but with his draft capital, well, pre his pre-draft model score was like 93rd percentile since 2014, which is really good. And, um, Factoring in his actual draft capital, he's like a 92nd percentile prospect, and that could change as we get draft capital for more guys in this year's class. Um, and so my model really likes Tyree Wilson. I think he's fine. Um, I love, I like his film. I like his film a lot, but he's a 23 year old, and his more advanced numbers are just not that impressive. Um, like his PFF grading wasn't great. Um, his win rates were, were fine. We're pretty good. Like his pass rush win rates were pretty good for this year's class. Make him look like a, a top five edge rusher in, in, in the draft. Um, but I don't think he's like this historic prospect or anything. I think he's good. Um, I do worry about the injury that he had that kept him from, you know, from testing. So we don't have athletic testing numbers for him, which sucks, but he's big. Um, powerful got unreal physical tools um so i think there's there's a lot to like about him um but i i don't exactly love him so i wouldn't say this is like an a plus pick or anything i think it's fine and then at number eight 
uh, the Atlanta Falcons took a running back, Bijan Robinson, and I'm a Falcons fan, and I was furious when we made this pick. This is an awful pick. Um, and Bijan Robinson is a good player. He's awesome. He is a historic running back prospect. According to my model, he is a 99th percentile running back prospect since 2014, um, tied with Christian McCaffrey and just behind Saquon Barkley. So he, he is an awesome running back prospect. But he's a running back. And running backs are just not worth taking in the first round, in my opinion. There have been so many studies done about the value of running backs. And I think based on these studies, we can we can say that running backs are less value than, than we think. Um, they're less valuable than we think. And I think that even for people who are like, running backs don't matter. Even for those people, they probably, they may not realize how valueless the running back position is. Um, and the reason why it's so, it, it, it's not valuable is because the, the running, like running, rushing production, mad, it depends more on, um, like the quality of your offensive line and other factors like field position, you know, how many defenders your opponent is putting in the box. Those, those factors actually matter more, um, on like rushing production, like rush EPA per play than the quality of your running back. So, and, and then you look at like how much you're paying a running back. Like right now we're, we're paying Bijan Robinson. Like he's a top 12 running back in the NFL based on the totality of his contract because his contract is a four, is a five or a four year, $14 million deal with like a fifth year option. And a $14 million contract makes him the 12th highest paid running back in the league right now. Um, obviously, based on, a, on AAV, like his annual salary, he's not top 12 based on that. But the total contract is top 12 money. Um, so, Bijan Robinson has to hit for us for this pick to be worth it. And he probably will, but there's always a chance he doesn't. Um, and if he doesn't, this pick is just absolutely horrendous. It makes no sense. Um, but even then, like... We already had a good running back in Tyler Algier, who we drafted in the fifth round last year. We had a great offensive line, and we had other needs. Like, we needed a cornerback badly, um, and there was one available in Christian Gonzalez, who I had heard reports that, that they liked they, they liked him, um, and that they would be willing to take him if he fell to the eighth pick. Um, but we passed on him. We passed on other players who I think would have been you know, they they wouldn't have been steals at eight, but they would have been like solid value here. And that was like Nolan Smith, edge rusher from Georgia, um, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, receiver from Ohio State. Those are guys I would have picked if I were the Falcons. Um, and, and there were rumors that the Falcons wanted to trade back. If they could have, I would have done that. I wouldn't have picked anyone here. I would have traded back, got, got draft capital, um, and moved back to take someone later in the draft. Like, I know the Steelers were interested in trading up. Um, if the Steelers wanted to trade up for, like, Darnell Wright at 8, I would have done that move. But obviously, you know, saying you want to trade and actually getting it to happen, um, it's, like, it's way harder to do it than to just say it. Because uh, trading during the draft is hard. It's difficult. It's not easy. Um, but, yeah, I hate this pick. Um, I think... The, you know, us running the ball more now and us ha and us utilizing a guy like B. John Robinson a lot probably helps us short term. Like, I think we'll probably win more games as a result of it. 
um, like this season. But when you think of it long term, um, I just don't think it's smart. Like I don't think ru- like running the ball is less efficient than passing. Um, in terms of like EPA per play, you generate more EPA per play by passing the ball than you do by running the ball. And like, it's just bad to run the ball more than you pass the ball. And I think that's something that we're going to do. I think the Falcons are going to be really run heavy now, and we're going to run the ball more than we're going to pass the ball. Um, and I think that's going to, you know, that limits the, the number of possessions you have each game. And that, you know, that allows luck to come into effect. So I think that um, this strategy works with our roster and will allow us to, like, win more games, potentially win the division and get into the playoffs. But we cannot, you know, make a deep playoff run with the way way our roster is constructed. And the fact that we keep passing on quarterbacks um, is, is ridiculous. It's stupid. It's a terrible way to run your team. And to, you know, build your roster. Um, it's just, this is a waste of resources, in my opinion. I think this is a great running back class. I think Bijan is great. But there are running backs you can get later in this draft who provide value as a rusher, a receiver, and a blocker. Guys like Roshan Johnson, who was Bijan's backup in college. So I would, like, there are running backs I would have loved to, for us to have targeted later in the draft. Not at eight. There were guys who were really good prospects at premium positions who were available at pick eight that we passed on to take a running back. And I think that is ridiculous. Terry Fontenot, our, our GM, is, he has been awful drafting with us and this is a horrendous pick it's awful we it may work out like Bishan may be productive and our rushing attack it's probably going to be better but it makes no sense to go all in on this rushing attack when we know that rushing that running the ball is less efficient than passing and the Falcons apparently like Desmond Ritter but we're going to take the ball out of his hands to feed Bijan Robinson more than likely, more than likely. And we're still not going to be able to see what we have with Desmond Ritter, which is ridiculous. Like, it's, it's just awful. What we're doing with our team makes no freaking sense. It's ridiculous. Um, and I, I just, I really disagree with the way our team is going philosophically. Um, uh, like, it's just crazy to me. Um, I don't like where we're going. Um, I want to win a Super Bowl. I want to win a ring. And I think that where we're headed and the direction we're going will not allow us to reach that point, which is why I'm so pissed about this pick. It really infuriates me. So I'm going to move on and stop talking about this pick because I will have a heart attack. All right. Number nine, Eagles. They traded up with the Bears to get um, Jalen Carter. And trading up for Jalen Carter um, in a vacuum is kind of risky, but they only had to give up, I think, a fourth-round pick, which isn't bad. And, like, if Jalen Carter hits, that's gonna that trade will be easily worth it. Um, I love this for the Eagles. Jalen Carter is an awesome player, great talent, freak athlete with, who can rush the passer and defend the run at an elite level, um, a phenomenal prospect, and probably the best player in the class. Dude's a stud. He does have severe off-the-field issues, um, and for me, I wouldn't have picked him due to those off-the-field issues, but the player, just in terms of his ability on the field, he's awesome. Like, obviously, the -the off-the-field issues are horrible. I think they're terrible. I've talked about it a ton and why I wouldn't draft him because of that, Um, but we 
knew that Jalen Carter wasn't getting out of the top 10. He was going to be picked by the Bears or the Eagles. And the Eagles traded up and got their guy. And I think Jalen Carter has the chance to be awesome. And Philly, I love this pick for them. Um, and then the Bears went back to 10, got Darnell Wright, got a tackle. There were rumors that they were targeting a tackle. So the fact that they went Darnell Wright at 10 is not surprising. I think the pick is okay. Um, and they traded back one spot, got Darnell Wright. I think Darnell Wright is a good tackle prospect. So I think this pick is fine. Then at number 11, the Titans, they took Peter Skaronsky, good player, probably going to be a guard long term, in my opinion, due to his size, his length, um, and the fact that I, I just don't think he has a great strength in his anchor, um, so I think he's going to be a guard, and he's going to sh- like crush it at guard, because he's athletic, um, he was really good in college, um, I think he's going to be a, an awesome guard in the NFL, if that's where he plays long term, so I like the pick here for the Titans, it's really interesting that they passed up on Will Levis, because they're a team that's been connected to like all the top quarterbacks in this year's draft, but they passed on Will Levis um, and went Peter Skronsky instead, really interesting pick, and that leads us to number 12, which is an even worse pick than the Falcons pick. Somehow, the Detroit Lions took Jameer Gibbs at 12. Now, at least they traded back and got Gibbs, but still, taking Jameer Gibbs at 12 is awful. Like, at least with Bijan Robinson. Bijan is a historic running back prospect who has size, you know, ru- like rushing volume in college also has receiving volume, receiving efficiency, and is a great athlete. Like, Bijan Robinson has everything you look for in a bell cow running back, but Jameer Gibbs does not. He's sub-200 pounds. Um, he was awesome as a receiver in college, had receiving volume, receiving efficiency. Like, the receiving production was off the charts with Jameer Gibbs, but he's a smaller back who didn't have great rushing volume in college, so I don't think you can be confident that Jameer Gibbs can be a bell cow running back in the NFL. Um, so I just think making this kind of pick at 12 is bad, and a bad use of resources. It's not good value. I've already talked about why running backs shouldn't be taken in the first round. Um, but if you're going to take a running back, they better be a caliber of running back like Bijan Robinson, not Jameer Gibbs. I love Jameer Gibbs, but I would I would love Jameer Gibbs in the second round, not in the first round. So this was a baffling pick. And the Detroit Lions, they're trying to be competitive this year. They're trying to be a playoff team, and they're trying to compete for the NFC title. And you have two first-round picks here. Uh, and you have to hit on those. Like, you've got to hit on those, and I think the best way to hit on those would have been to take guys at premium positions. Like, at 12, you could have gotten Nolan Smith, who was a really good edge rusher prospect, and would have been worth the pick. Like, he's around here on the consensus big board. Um, He was potentially going to go top 10 if the Eagles stuck at 10. Like, Nolan Smith is a good player. They need an edge rusher. He would have been an awesome pick. They also could have taken, you know, Christian Gonzalez, who many people were projecting them to take at seven. And they just traded Jeff Akuda a, a few weeks ago. Um, so corner is a need. But they pass up on a corner and an edge rusher for a running back at 12 and a running back who doesn't even project to be a bell cow. Makes no sense. I don't know what the Lions are doing. This pick was awful. 
Moving on to number 13, we got the Packers. They took Lucas Van Ness, which is such a Packers pick. Um, I don't think it's awful. Like, I think Lucas Van, Lucas Van Ness is a fine prospect. He's a great athlete um, who produced in college. Like, his production in college was uh, was all right. I just don't think he was an amazing prospect. And I would uh, I would rather the Packers have taken Jackson Smith and Jigba to surround Jordan Love with uh, a, a pass catcher who will make his life easier. And I think Jackson Smith and Jigba was probably the, like, if he wasn't the best player available, he was one of the best players available. Um, and I would have loved that pick here at 13. Um, but still, Lucas Van Ness, he fits the mold of like what the Packers look for in the first round. And I think he's fine. I think he's a solid pick at 13. But I'm not in love with it. So, yeah. And then at, th- at 14, the Steelers traded up for Broderick Jones to get their tackle. I like that pick. It's it, it, That's a good pick. Um, I actually predicted this trade in my mock draft for with the first pick. Um, so I couldn't believe that. When the Steelers traded up, I was like, yo, this is crazy. I actually predicted this, and I predicted them to take Broderick Jones. So um, I like that pick for them. Gets them a tackle. Broderick Jones, great run blocker. He is a mauler in the run game, and he's a great athlete. Needs to work on his technique and pass protection, uh, but still, good player, and I like the pick. Then at number 15, we have one of the more baffling picks in the first round, and in this range from like 12 or like, yeah, 12 to 20, there were so many just like unbelievable picks, and unbelievable in a bad way, like terrible values. And here's one of them. And I like Will McDonald. I like him as an edge rusher. I think he's really good. But I like him in the back half of the first round. And I don't like taking him over Nolan Smith, who I think is better as a pass rusher and better as a run defender. So I like Will McDonald. I'm a fan of his. But this is a reach. It's a reach on the consensus big board. And you're taking him over a guy who fits the same mold as an edge rusher, and it's just better, in my opinion, and according to the consensus big board. So, I think any way you slice it, this was not a great pick. I think Will McDonald is a fine player um, and could, you know, could do some nice things for the Jets. I just think it's a reach, especially considering Nolan Smith was still on the board. Then at number 16, we have another reach, uh, and that's with the Washington Commanders getting Emmanuel Forbes, corner from Mississippi State. Now, I had seen this connection the, um, the day of the draft, and I had heard a lot of rumors that Emmanuel Forbes was going to go first round, um, but like him going over Christian Gonzalez, Deontay Banks, and Joey Porter Jr., it's kind of crazy. I like Forbes. I think he's a good player, but he has a really skinny frame, um, and that worries me. Um, but he's really physical. Um, he plays with a mentality that defensive head co- or defensive coaches in the NFL probably fell in love with, and the the kind of mentality, like that fu mentality, like you're not going to beat me, that kind of physical mentality. He plays with that, and 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 coaches in the NFL love that crap, and so they probably fell in love with him. Uh, but Emmanuel Forbes was the, I'm looking, he was the 30th ranked player on the consensus big board. So this is a bit of a reach here. And you're taking him over other top cornerback prospects like Joey Porter Jr., Christian Gonzalez, and Deontay Banks. So I don't love this pick. Um, there were other players at this position who are better than Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, and that's just my opinion. But you look at the consensus big board and it agrees. So don't love this pick. Um, I think it was a bit of a reach. 
But, you know, it's a position of need. It's a premium position. I just don't think it was the best player at that position. Then at number 17, we have the New England Patriots, who traded back to 17 with the Steelers and got Christian Gonzalez, one of the top corners in the draft. This is an awesome pick. I love it. It's fantastic value. Um, Gonzalez was like the seventh ranked player on the consensus big board. The Patriots get him at 17. Uh, they needed a corner. They got one of the top corners in the draft. Gonzalez is an, a freak athlete, has unreal movement skills. He's an awesome player, and I love him at 17. That's an awesome pick. Shout out to Bill Belichick and the Patriots. They hit a home run with this pick. All right. Now we are back to the Detroit Lions at pick number 18. And they took another, they made another bad pick here. Took another reach, drafting Jack Campbell, linebacker from Iowa. Once again, I love the player here. I love Jack Campbell. But there were other players at premium positions who were really high on the consensus big board and who were, were really high in my mind, who I had really high opinions of, that they passed up here. They didn't take Nolan Smith. They didn't take, you know, um, they didn't take an edge rusher like Miles Murphy. They didn't take Jackson Smith and Jigba, who could have been a nice pick considering Jamison Williams just got suspended recently. So them taking a linebacker and Jack Campbell, just a bad pick. Campbell was ranked 42 on the consensus big board, and the Lions took him at 18. Um, if they wanted to trade back to take Jack Campbell in the, in the at the end of the first round, I would have loved that. Um, this is just a reach here, and it's not a premium position. So for those reasons, I don't love it. But Jack Campbell, he is a good player. He can cover. He's an He's an athletic freak. Good tackler. Um, I just, I don't love the pick. He's not a pass rushing linebacker. If he was more of an edge rusher, I would get it, but he's not. So he's an off-ball linebacker, and I just don't think that was worth it here when you had Nolan Smith on the board. He's who I would have taken at pick 18. Then at number 19, we got Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kalijah Kansi. Um, I like this pick. Kansi, he's undersized, but he's a, a freak athlete and a great pass rusher. Um, and I think he'll fit really well with the Buccaneers. I like that a lot. Then at 20, we have one of my favorite picks in the first round. The Seattle Seahawks got Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, the wide receiver. I love this. Um, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is an awesome player, a tremendous wide receiver prospect. Um, he played in the slot in college, but he's really good against man coverage. He's a great separator. He's great at catching. Um, he's great in contested catch situations. Um, and he's a solid yak threat guy. Um, so I like him a lot. I would have taken him way earlier than 20. I would have taken him as early as pick eight. Um, so I'm a huge fan of Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, and I love this pick for Seattle. I think he is a great fit in that offense and will fit really well next to DK Metcalf and, um, um, uh, Tyler Lockett. All right, moving on to number 21, the Chargers took Quentin Johnston, which is a really interesting fit um, because all the receivers in the Chargers receiving room are like these big receivers. Um, they don't really have any smaller receivers who are great separators. So it's an interesting fit. I love that the Chargers are getting a receiver who is a deep threat, who is fast, has good speed, and can take the top off the defense. 
But I thought they would be more interested in, say, Flowers at 21 than Quentin Johnston. I like the player here. I'm a big fan of Quentin Johnston. And I think this is, like, where Quentin Johnston should go around this range. It's just a really, like, weird team fit. It's weird. Um, But I think he could work out. I just wish the Chargers had a guy who was, like, a high-level separator um, and who, you know, could create separation and be effective in the in the intermediate parts of the field. And Keenan Allen can kind of be that, but he's aging. So I think someone like Zay Flowers would have been a better pick here. But still, I like the player, and this is solid value. So, you know, solid pick by the Chargers. Then at 22, the Ravens took Zay Flowers, and I like this pick a lot. Um, I like Zay Flowers. I'm not as big of a fan of his as a lot of people are. Um, but I think this is where he should go around this area, and the consensus big board agrees. Um, so I like this pick for the for the Ravens. They just signed Lamar Jackson to a long-term deal. They give him a target, a wide receiver. Um, they give him a pass catcher. I like that. I like the direction that the Ravens are going with this pick. I think it makes sense. I love it. Awesome pick for the Ravens. Then at number 23, the Vikings also went with a wide receiver, and they drafted Jordan Addison. Um, I like this pick a lot. I think he'll fit really well as the wide receiver two next to uh, Justin Jefferson. I like this pick. Good player. About where he should have gone. He's a great separator at all levels of the field. Um, He's small and not a great athlete, but still a really good player with good film. Um, And I'm glad a team didn't reach for Jordan Addison. This is about where he should have gone. Then at number 24, the Giants traded up. Uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars and took cornerback Deontay Banks from Maryland. Love this pick. think it's awesome. Banks is an awesome prospect. Um, he has really good athleticism, really good instincts and coverage. Um, and this is a, an awesome pick. Um, he, he was ranked 20 he was ranked 20th on the big board on the consensus big board. So him going at 24 is really good value for the for the Giants. And they needed a corner and I think Banks was an awesome pick here. Then at number 25, the Bills took Dalton Kincaid. Um, They actually traded ahead of the Cowboys. They traded with the Jaguars to get Kincaid. And I like Kincaid. Um, I think he he will be a nice fit in their offense. He's a nice pass catcher, a vertical threat, good athlete, can break tackles, really good player. Um, And if they wanted Kincaid, they had to jump the Cowboys to get him because the Cowboys were probably targeting him, I'm assuming. If not, they may have been targeting Michael Mayer. So if they wanted the tight end, if they wanted one of the top tight ends in the class, they had to jump the Cowboys. So I like that pick for them. Makes a lot of sense. Then at 26, the Cowboys took Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle from Michigan. A lot of people hated this pick. I didn't. He's an athletic nose tackle, really good at, uh, against the run, and he has some pass rush ability. I think it makes sense. Um, and he what? This wasn't like that big of a reach on the consensus big board. Yeah, Maji Smith was number thirty-five on the uh, consensus big board. So I think it makes sense. I like it. Um, it's a fine pick. A nothing spectacular, but a solid pick. Then at twenty-seven, the Jaguars they traded twice to get here, and they took Anton Harrison. Offensive tackle from Oklahoma. I like the pick. Anton Harrison, I think it's underrated. I think he is a a really good pass protector. He isn't a great athlete, but still, really good in pass protection. He has good technique. And the Jaguars, one of their tackles, Cam Robinson, just got suspended due to PEDs. So, um, 
this is a good a good player to re- to replace him. And once Cam Robinson comes back, Anton Harrison can fill in as the right tackle. So I like this pick for the Jaguars. I expected them to go with Brian Branch heading into the draft. But still, this is a good pick. Then at number 8, the Cincinnati Bengals took Miles Murphy edge from Clemson. Solid pick. Uh, Miles Murphy is a great athlete. A lot of people really like him. And he is the... Um, he is the 17th ranked player on the consensus big board. I'm not the biggest fan of his, uh, but still, like I, I, I'm probably wrong here. I could be wrong. Um, the consensus big board likes him a lot, and I know his tape in 2021 is better than his tape in 2022. He's just not my my flavor of edge rusher, but I think he makes sense for the Bengals. Uh, they like him. Uh, apparently, um, and he's a good player, like a solid player, um, and, he, and he's worth the 28th overall pick. Um, my model likes him a lot, um, so my model would say this is a really good pick for the Bengals. Miles um, uh, Murphy, big guy, uh, good athlete, wins with power. Um, he's got really strong hands, um, and I think he could work out uh, for the Bengals. Then at number 29, the New Orleans Saints took Brian Brissy. Uh, uh, defensive tackle from Clemson. Um, solid pick. Um, Rossi had a rough 2022, and there were some reasons, like some off-the-field reasons uh, that could explain that. You know, his sister passed away from cancer, which is really sad, um, and he suffered some injuries in college, but he's a big guy, freak athlete, really good pass rusher. Um, not as good against the run, but still a really good player, and he is, let me see, he is 28th on the consensus big board. Um, so this is good value for him. Makes sense. The Saints love big defensive linemen. He fits that mold. Hopefully um, his health isn't a concern in the NFL. And he can be a really good pass rusher at the next level. Then at number 30 we have the Philadelphia Eagles. They got Nolan Smith to fall to them at number 30. And they took him. A guy they potentially would have taken at number 10. So the fact that they got him at number 30 is wild. It's great value. Great pick. I love Nolan Smith. Freak athlete with unreal bend. He knows how to rush the passer. He's also a great run defender, which is kind of crazy considering considering he is a smaller edge rusher, a bit undersized. But I love him. I would have taken him way higher than this. And the fact that the Eagles got, you know, Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith in the first round without having to move up a lot. They had to move up for Jalen Carter, but they only had to give up a fourth rounder there. The fact that they they got both of them without having to give up a ton of draft capital is crazy. It's awesome. And Howie Roseman, their GM, you know, he continues to crush it in the draft. This is an awesome pick. Then we we end the first round with the Kansas City Chiefs who took Felix Anudike Uzoma, uh, one of the um, top edge rushers in this year's class. He was a top 10 edge rusher on the consensus big board and a top 10 edge rusher according to my model. Um, he was the, let's see, the 45th ranked player on the consensus big board. Um, so this was a bit of a reach, but there were a ton of edge rushers that could have gone ahead of him. Um, like when McDonald, like all the top edges went off the board. Um, Will McDonald was a guy I thought could have been available here, but he went at 15. And like you had 
uh, Adetimiwa Adamaware, who may be an edge, depending on uh, what the team see, views him as. And then you had Keon White, and then right behind him, you had Felix Adedike, uh Uzoma on the big board. So, I think it's a fine pick. Um, uh, there, are, there are a lot of people who like him a lot. My model likes him a good amount, views him as the seventh best uh, edge rusher in the class. Um, whether that's factoring in draft capital or their consensus ranking prior to the draft, my model likes him a good, um, a good bit, views him as a pretty good player. Um, so yeah, uh, productive player in college, uh, you know, he declared early, was a three-year player coming out, which is a good sign. Um, I like him a lot and I think he could be good for the Chiefs. It might be a bit of a reach here at 31, but I don't think it's an awful pick. I think it's just a eh, okay pick. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much everything that happened in the first round. Um, there were some guys that didn't get picked, which were big surprises, like Joey Porter Jr., um, Will Levis. Let me see if anybody else didn't go. Um, uh, not really. Pretty much, Brian Branch also didn't go in the first round, which was a bit of a surprise. So those were three names, three guys who were expected to go round one, who didn't, who fell to the second round. So any team who picks them in the second round could potentially get a steal there. But yeah, that's everything that happened in the first round. Um, the first round of the draft was awesome. It was a lot of fun, really exciting, a lot of crazy picks. It was unpredictable like we thought it would be. Um, and I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to see what happens throughout the rest of the draft. But I, uh, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you want to f- follow me on social media, you can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at the Ryan McCrary. That's the R Y A N M C C R A R Y. You can check out more content from me at my website, thewiresports.com. You can also check me out uh, at the um, with the first pick. It's a fan sided website. I've been writing for them. Uh, started with them recently. Got some articles up for them. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have for today's episode. I hope y'all enjoyed it, and I will see y'all next time. Peace. <laughs>